Welcome to Fresh Pressed for August 18th, 2020. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and mailed grooves. Oof, didn't have anything for that one. That was, that was rough. Postal? Postal. Yeah, but I don't, I don't like using a word that is part of the word that is the theme. I see. But we did just do a podcast about the Postal Service, Andrew. Well, partially. 25% about the Postal Service. Probably less because it was one of my songs, which we inevitably talk about for less time. Yeah, because I do the editing and I cut out everything that you say about your song. <laughs> um, yes, our theme for the week is postcards. Um, I think Andrew suggested letters at first, but that's a bit ambiguous. Um, yeah. As we all know, our beloved United States Postal Service is under attack by the same government that is supposed to fund it. So that's good. Um, so we thought we'd do a podcast uh, tangentially supporting them and letting the good workers of the Postal Service know that they have our support both to maintain safe and secure and fair and open elections and also because who doesn't love receiving a postcard from some distant destination brought to you for like 30 cents? Honestly, what a glorious, glorious thing to have, Andrew. Yeah, it's it seems pretty cool. I've heard good things. Oh, you're some filthy millennial then who doesn't use the postal service, <laughs> I take it. I've been very happy with the postal service in the past week or so because um on uh Bandcamp Friday the other week, I ordered a whole bunch of CDs and cassette tapes and they've all been arriving this week and it's been great. And we couldn't do that without the postal service. And seriously, on like a foundational level of democracy, like we need we need the Postal Service so that we can vote and so that people who cannot go to the polls for myriad reasons can still participate in the tattered remains of this republic that we have. Um, speaking of tattered remains, Andrew, you have a, a postcardal song. Okay, I see where you're. I see the way that wow. you got here, but that's fine. No, don't you don't get a second chance at it. <laughs> I am bringing a song by Matthew Wright, and the song is called "Vagabond King." I found some Thomas Merton in an old bookstore, blank postcards in the back flap like an open door. I wish it were that simple I'd be coming back With the first class Mr. Rogers stand mm. I think what I'm gonna do in the editing is put in the line about postcards that appears in the song at the top just so that you, I, it, I prove that this song is at least tangentially related to postcards. It took me several listens through to be like, oh, there was a line about blank postcards in there somewhere. Yes. So I immediately thought of this song because I thought of that line. And that's because I uh, really love Matthew Wright and the album that this comes from, which is called Kitchen Songs. It came out this year. Um, and I saw him this year. I think it's, you know, time is a mystery now, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the last show I saw before quarantine and I can't remember who he was opening for, but it was very good. Gabe, what room of his house do you think he recorded this album in? The basement. It's very difficult to record in a kitchen. Must have been a basement. Yeah, it's a ground floor basement where also he cooks. 
But yes, he recorded in his kitchen on a little upright piano's kitchen. If you go to like his website, there's a bunch of pictures of his kitchen. It's a beautiful. I mean, it's it's relatively small, but like it's got like this little kitchen table. It's got the upright piano up against the wall next to a water cooler for some reason. Um, there's all sorts of bottles and spices and things in the kitchen. There's his Moscow mule mugs above the window. It's it's a beautiful kitchen. A man after your own heart, it would seem. Yes. Beautiful kitchen, piano in the kitchen, uh, definitely makes the occasional cocktail. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a piano in my kitchen, but that's because my kitchen is like four square feet, so I don't have room for that shit. Do pianos belong in kitchens? I'm thinking about this now, and it seems that actually an ideal place for a piano might be the kitchen, provided you don't spill anything on the piano. Because you have that time when you're waiting for food to do something, you're maybe not cooking actively. Like, how lovely to have something baking in the oven, smelling such aromas emanating whilst playing uh, your, your kitchen songs. Yeah, I mean, it is important to notice he's got a sort of little, like, his sink and and this tile counter are at, like, a little half wall facing into the dining area, which is where the piano actually is it's just like there's the the table and then the piano against the wall so it's not like in the splash zone really um but it is in the greater kitchen area excellent really just optimum interior decorating um if i may say so um so just anyway the song (laughs) sorry does this song have anything to do with uh the 1950 something film vagabond king based off the operetta which is what came up when i googled the song for the first time uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand the meaning really behind the chorus, um, which is "I'll be your vagabond king, and you'll be my Ovaltine queen." I mean, yes. So I also read about the operetta by Rudolf Friemel. It's a fictionalized episode in the life of 15th century poet and thief Francois Villon, centering on his wooing of Catherine Catherine de Vaucelles. Uh, and relating how he becomes king for a day and defends fa- France against the invading forces of the Duke of Burgundy. So it's sort of like a, a vagabond king. That sort of makes sense. It's a very straightforward title. The Ovaltine Queen thing, I don't under- I don't know what that's referring to. I searched the phrase. It's not like a thing. So I don't know what that means. But I imagine that it means something personal to him and the person who- about whom the song is written. Because the whole song has a lot of those like these things seem like they are specific things that are meaningful to him and to maybe this this relationship or or lost relationship and that's something i don't know i've talked about that i feel like i talked about that last week i talk about that a lot i really enjoy that when it's something that you can feel the weight that it carries for the person performing the song without having to actually know the full backstory I completely agree. Uh, The lyrical content is slightly impenetrable to me, but especially with just like the really trimmed down piano, there's a rawness to both the production and the vocals and the lyrics that is really emotionally compelling. Yeah. I don't deserve your love I thought of you The desert's really sun in the car alone Why walls of sand and windmills standing Soldiers on a hill Keeping their eyes open when 
there is another reason why I thought of uh, Matthew Wright and specifically this song as soon as we chose the subject of postcards, though. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, it couldn't have just been like one small line, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it was that one small line, but that specific line stuck out to me because at his merch table, something that he was selling was postcards, which were photographs that he had taken and turned into postcards and he had like pre-stamped them. So you were, you know, I don't remember how much it was, but it was something very cheap for a postcard with uh, on the back of it has a Bandcamp code for downloading uh, his album Kitchen Songs and it can be used twice. So the idea of it is like you buy a postcard and then you write this postcard and you send it to someone and both you can use the code and they can use the code. So you can both have the album. And it was for something like $5, which is a lot of money for a postcard maybe, but not for two copies of an album. Yeah, very inexpensive. Also, what a spectacular merch idea. Right? It's so nice. It's like personalized as a gift and as a reminder. Like I love receiving physical personalized mail. And I'm sure almost everybody does. I should probably send more postcards and letters to people. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, obviously, shout out Postal Service, but to combine that with like kind of an intimate musical experience, you know, from a artist focused positive website, like it's kind of and like and having taken the, your, the photographs on the postcard yourself, it's really just the complete package from like a merch experience, which is really cool. And it was great because that's also a thing that's much easier to produce as an indie artist than like. A bunch of t-shirts that you have to like pay a lot for up front yes to some extent you've already created the primary content on the postcard you know beyond the pictures just like the music itself like as an indie artist i imagine it's you spend all this time making music then to have to deal with the business side of being a musician and the merch side it's it's a lot of extra work when like your job is to make art that right like that you're good at how be your Vagabond king I'll be your vagabond You'll be my Ovaltine queen And I'll be I'll be your Gabe, you jumped at the chance for a postcard song because you could finally bring Babe Ruth. Beirut. Um, the band is Beirut. The song is titled Postcards from Italy, and it is off his, there, his first record, Gulag Orchestra. Clarify the pronoun difficulty was not directed at the preferred pronoun of the artist, but rather that I don't know if this is artist is considered a single individual or several people. Um, but Beirut is primarily Zach Condon of the great state of New Mexico, the capital of which is Beirut. Very good, Andrew. The capital of which is indeed Beirut. Um, 
no, he's from both Albuquerque and Santa Fe. So I, I just wanted to like fully encompass the state there because that's really the mm. two most relevant locations. Um, so Beirut, it, it's really his musical ideas and project. However, as you can tell from the song, there's a lot going on. It's difficult to tour just by yourself and not even all the instruments he can play. However, Zach does play most of the instruments on this record and on most of his records, which is remarkable given how many different instruments are on these records. You know, it's not just like guitar and bass and drums, but also like several different horns and there are strings and an accordion. You're like, what? It is a remarkable feel. So this album, Gulag Orchestar, um, this is the first record that he put out. This album debuted when he was 20. Cool. I mean, he wrote most of these songs. He was like 17, 18, 19. And most of the songs, as you hear them, were recorded like in his bedroom in New Mexico. Um, and then he like sent them to a label and they were like, yeah, cool. You're signed. <laughs> you're great. He, the, their second record is maybe most famous, um, Flying Club Cup. Yeah. Um, and it's my favorite Beirut record. But he's done a number of things that are delightful. So uh, the song is Postcards from Italy, although, Andrew, I must tell you, somewhat disappointingly, this song was written in France. Okay, but the postcards are from Italy, delivered to France. I don't see any problem. Well, I think that's very generous of you. Um, There are no actual postcards referenced in the song. That is more about lost good times and like kind of halcyon days, which I do think that the title Postcards from Italy does evoke. Yeah. And you said he wrote this when he was 17? Uh, this must have been when he was a little bit older than that, maybe like 18 or 19. Yeah, 18 is when you're looking back on those halcyon days. I He does, like, I, you know, like Flying Club Cup, he must have been like 22 or 23 when that album came out. And it also has that same, like, feel of, like, extremely mature sounding lyrically. And his voice, it, it sort of sounds like it's been like, yes, I traveled for four years through Europe and worked in various cafes making my music but it turns out it was just like four months and he was with his brother in paris i don't know maybe people get more out of experiences than others the times we had oh when the wind would blow with rain and snow we're not all bad we put our features where they I really enjoyed the, which this is going to be a wild sentence for me to say. I really enjoyed the starring role that the ukulele had in this song. Yeah. I mean, it's the opening instrument in the song. It has the feature. It it lays the foundation for the whole piece. Um, And there's actually something of an interesting story behind why he plays the ukulele at all. He cannot play the guitar comfortably something about how he broke a bone in his uh, left arm and it caused his whole left arm to get shortened. Oh. Hmm. And so he's like trouble wrapping his hands around a guitar neck. Interesting. Uh, I, I didn't entirely follow, but um, the ukulele, obviously much smaller, much smaller neck, only uh, four strings instead of six. It also has such a unique sound to it that is that really contributes to that experience of like reminiscing no, it's very, the ukulele is from Hawaii. It's very beachy and uh, light in a way that guitars are not necessarily. 
I think of the song as like being very romantic, not in like a like sexual way, but in like a. I didn't think so because you said romantic. We all know what that means. No, but I mean, fair enough. Okay. Oh, you mean capital R romantic? Yeah. yeah. You well, mean it's related to Latin? Well, I was. Th- uh, That's the Italy I mean, part, I guess. Well, my point <laughs> is that like even so so. The people he worked with on this album, like the primary person he worked with to make this album is Jeremy Barnes of Neutral Milk Hotel, whose influence you can clearly hear in this record. Yeah. The the photo for the cover art of the album was like he found it in a library in Germany, just like in some book. It was like, oh, it's an amazing photograph. So when they put out the album, they couldn't find the actual photographer. So they like left in the liner notes. Like, does anybody know who took these pictures? Like, we'd love to give them credit or some money. And like, uh, I think they finally found it out like a couple years ago who it was. But like the whole thing is like steeped in like a little bit of mysticism and like the this like especially American romantic ideal of like backpacking through Europe and especially Eastern Europe and making music. I really do think that Condon captures that whole aesthetic in a in a really beautiful way. So, Andrew, for the new music portion of our show, I can't help but notice for like the first time in a while, maybe ever, we both brought singles. Is that true? Like lead singles rather than uh, songs off albums that came out. Yeah. Huh. Cool. It's going to be a great fall then, I suppose. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, it's it's been a, a pretty... Well, hold on. Wait. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I don't want to say anything that is not that could be taken out of context. I mean, in terms of music releases... There's been a lot of good music released this year, and I'm looking forward to a lot more good music in the rest of the year. Anyway, the song you brought, however, is incredible, and I loved it, Andrew. Yeah, so the song I have this week is called I Want to Change by Nana Ajoa. Clean green, green screen I mentioned Nana Ajoa a couple weeks ago when she put out her previous single, No Room, and like the in like segment three, and I was like, oh yeah, and this song was really cool. I don't know anything about her. And guess what? This song's even cooler. <laughs> so cool. Oh my god, what a song. Can I ask first, do we know if we have the correct pronunciation of her name? I don't, because I can't find much about her. I have her website has a like a two sentence blurb about her and her band camp has the same blurb and I couldn't find any interviews. No, I do know, but just, I mean like, especially cause she's Dutch. Yes, she is Dutch. Um, I, the name seems to be Ghanaian. I don't know. I, I, I can't, but I can't, that's just like, because I can find other people in Ghana with the same name or, or very close to the same name. So I don't know anything about her. Can't find anything about her, but she's based in Amsterdam 
as far as I can tell, I mean, this is some of her her earlier stuff. She has other music. I've just never heard it before. You know, I don't know who she is. I do know. I also don't know who she is. Um, which is amazing to me whenever I like come across a musician who's so clearly like very, very good. And I'm like, why have I not been listening to this person for years upon years? So uh, this song, a nice thing about this is that on Bandcamp, she not only has the full lyrics, but she also has a blurb at the top of the lyrics that describes like what she wrote this song about and everything, which is super cool. I know more about the song than I know about her as a person. Yeah, that's awesome. Though. Yeah, let me read this. Uh, the desire to change is a weird feeling and brings with it a dichotomy of emotions. You get a sense of wanting to move forward, of getting out of a perhaps self-imposed rut, but you also fear leaving behind the comfort and security of what you know. With I want to change, I'm giving space to an inner voice that quietly yearns for change and amplifying it in a way, calling for change that speaks to both the global and individual scale. I wrote the song over a year ago, now placing it in the context of the current state of the world, that inner voice feels more like a call to action for myself. It's just who we are. She goes back to colors a lot, especially in the first half of the song, like at the beginning of these of these verses, I guess. Um, like the first verse starts with white, silver stripes, blue dot, black star. And then the second verse starts with deep red, old flags from the past hanging down. And then it's clean green, green screen on my phone. It's just like, I, I just love how there's all these different like spots of color that give you this sort of impressionistic scene. And then she sort of describes the feeling that goes behind it, but she never really like explains like what is white with silver stripes with a blue dot and a black star. I don't know. One thing I love about the lyricism of the song is that the title I want to change really makes it feel like I want to change who I am like as a person, like personal change. Right. But it's really about going out and affecting change. Right. Not just for others. I mean, she talks about how both for others and also individually, but going out and making the world change and the people around us and and, and the, the constructs that control our life better, rather than just this idea that I need to change, which is kind of like an old trope in music where like I can change, right? But like this is, uh, it's a cool twist on that. And, was the opposite of what I was expecting when I read the song title before having listened to the song. Right, yeah. It has, she puts like a delicate touch on it, specifically her singing, but also all of the instrumentals. That's exactly the word I used in my notes for the song. I said delicate. But I think uh, one of the ways that this connects to like internal change and external change is that every piece feels delicate, but it builds up to this fullness. It's like, everyone changes a little bit, changes something about themselves, and then the whole world changes kind of thing. I don't know if that's an intentional thing, but I just found that uh, interplay between, like, the additive delicacy turning into, like, a beautiful, uh, blooming full full track. No, I think that works really well. I love how it's, like, delicate and very composed and almost, like, restrained at the beginning. And then the end of the song is... 
almost like raucous and messy, um, but like in a really good way. Right. Like breaking out, which I think works exactly with what you were saying. Her voice is beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. It's like honey. It's incredible. It's so smooth. And she knows how to use it really well. And she knows how to sing lines very well. Um, Like all of those repeated, I want to change, I want to change, fill in the blank. She does a different thing each time. Uh, Every single one of those is so beautiful. Um, The way she sings through those lines, I just love it. To me, it seems like she has some jazz training her background and her singing style because she'll like pull push and pull a little bit more on like the vocal line um in in some ways um sort of like leanne lehavis who we talked about or, or we mentioned uh, whose album came out a month ago or so like definitely like kind of indie or like rock pop stylings but with with a, a clear jazz influence on the vocal style i want change Change the book. I wanna change. I wanna change the subject. I wanna change him too. Uh, Gabe, you have a new song from someone else I've never heard of, but I also really enjoyed. Yes, this is Unlucky Stars from The Goodbye Party. this seems like an artist that maybe you should have been familiar with. Yes, absolutely. Totally should have. Given both the style and also that uh, the Goodbye Party is Michael Cantor, who is uh, from the town of Lansdowne. Heard of it. Which uh, is what, like 15 minutes from where you and I grew up? It's on the train line. If you're taking the train from where we, we live, where our parents lived, to the city... You will pass through Lansdowne. You'll hear Lansdowne. God. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, so Michael Cantor, The Goodbye Party. Um, it's really a solo project, although, again, as with most of these solo projects, they work with a variety of other artists. In this case, he worked with a number of other Philly-based musicians um, to make the song. He's also a member of an indie rock band that I'm not familiar with, but maybe you are, Andrew, called The Ambulars. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, me neither. Okay, so this is the first single from uh, his upcoming record uh, due to come out in October titled Beautiful Motors. And this is just a good song. It's a good jam. It's uh, got great lyricism. But the first thing that strikes me, Andrew, when I listen to it is like the opening guitar line and then like, I don't know, two measures in, right? Like, the whole guitar detunes like a quarter step. 
and then comes <laughs> back out. I think the guitar sound on this whole track is definitely my favorite thing about it. It's so thick and so nice. I love when music like wraps me up sort of in a blanket with noise and sound. And that's what this guitar does. You know, it like feels like I'm in a burrito, a music burrito. <laughs> so this song in particular was um, influenced heavily by the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas familiar who if you're not familiar um uh, you know he was the poet of uh do not go gentle into that good night which if you don't read a lot of poetry you may know from the movie interstellar <laughs> great <laughs> um but so dylan thomas wrote like a radio play for bbc in the 40s or 50s called under milkwood yeah i'm not gonna get into it but the radio play has like this old captain dreaming of being underwater and meeting all of his perished sailors, uh, which is the contrib- contribution of the lyrics that make up the chorus, which are with sailors arms, Arctic white, cold as hell, um, and ties into themes of uh, loss and longing and regret. aspects of the song that remind me of the band the antlers yeah the combination of like the high tenor vocals um uh there's like for most of the song you have like this pretty steady driving force in both the guitar and the drums that are really really pushing the song forward and then the last verse like all of that cuts out and feels adrift which I think also sort of ties in with the lyrical ideas in the song of getting left behind and trying to make your way in the world and, you know, getting through and then finding yourself astray. The Antlers are another band that I think has that sort of sound burrito kind of vibe to them. Definitely. Especially on Hospice, which is their best record. That's an album recommendation for anybody, Hospice by the Antlers, but... Warning, you will cry. <laughs> but when, when everything cuts out, I really like being able to hear the lyrics of that verse so clearly. And then of what is nominally the chorus, these three lines that I talked about earlier, just so spare and laid bare. Andrew, other highlights from the week that you would like to point out? Yes. Uh, there was an album from OK Kaya, who uh, I picked a song from her previous album this year, uh, and she just released another one that's definitely all like recorded during quarantine sort of type stuff, but also it's very good. And I think she released it, I think it was like her birthday this past Friday that she released it for. 
Oh, that's um, cool. I feel like I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, it's really great. It's a lot of fun. There is an album of, I guess, covers, according to Andrew, although I only recognize all covers. a couple of them, um, from Whitney called Candid. Um, standout highlight cover, though, is their duets, sort of, with Waxahachie, who we featured on the show, um, doing Take Me Home Country Roads. So good. New album from Fantastic Negrito called Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? Lowercase Y, just on the yet, for some reason. Which is a great... I don't know what genre to call Fantastic Negrito. Because I don't want to say blues rock, because that's a thing. But the two things that he does are like, it's like blues and also rock, you know? Yeah, but it's like he separates them. It's blues with a strong, like, with a rock influence. Or it's rock with a, I don't know what it is. It's great. It's very good. Orville Peck's EP, Show Pony, dropped. Andrew, how do you feel about Orville Peck? Oh, so good. I uh, listened to this EP last night driving back into the city for my parents house at like 10 p.m and it was great i felt like i should have been driving like at the very least into a a more thematic city (laughs) like i should have been driving into like memphis or something but i wasn't but it was still a great night driving experience the last track gabe i don't know if you know this the last track on the album which is incredible it's fancy is the name of the song is uh, a cover of a song by friend of the podcast, Bobby Gentry. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yes, and I actually first listened to that song when we were doing that episode where I eventually picked a different Bobby Gentry song because the theme for us was like fancy clothes. And so I'd like searched the word fancy, found this, <laughs> and been like, this is really good, but also maybe is not the right kind of vibe for the show that I want to bring. Uh, and then I found Sunday Best, which is the song that I actually ended up bringing from Bobby Gentry. But yeah, it's so good, and it's it's just absolutely amazing, this rendition of it. It's just incredible. Um, also, there is a star-studded duet oh, right. with Shania Twain on this yeah. EP, so you should check it out just for that also. Two, the last two songs of the album are these two, back-to-back. Um, I have just a bunch of other singles that came out this week that I was into that I thought I would just run through real quick. Yes. Uh, there's a new track from Oceanator. Looking forward to her album. There's a new track from Sylvan Esso that is just like peak Sylvan Esso. It's very good. Uh, there's a new track from Keaton Henson. Sound the Keaton Henson watch alarm, which is very good and very sad, which is different. His previous one was sort of bittersweet. Uh, and this one's back to sort of Keaton Henson sad. It's very good. New track from Caitlin Pasco. Looking forward to her album. New track from Anjimali. Looking forward to his album, and of course, so uh, as we, yeah, really good. But I'm. That's another thing where it's like, well, I can't bring that because I'm waiting yeah, for, wait the for the album. Record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, as I'm sure everyone knows, there's a new track from an upcoming album by the Mountain Goats, and their uh, new album is called their new album is called Getting Into Knives, which I love. <laughs> and the album covers just a bunch of knives. I just wanted to highlight one more uh, full-length album that is going to get lots of media play but is so good and not at all Andrew's cup of tea, which is the new Burna Boy record called Twice as Tall. Burna Boy is like Afrobeat hip-hop. Um, spectacular. That is our show for the week, Andrew. 
you can give us a follow on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. You can check out a Spotify playlist of the tracks from the show um, that we leave in the show notes every week. And then we will be back in one week's time on Tuesday, August 25th with more tunes and more grooves. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed.